You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello everybody and welcome to Late Night Football. Uh, we're going into match day 8 of the Premier League and we're doing a match reaction for that today. Uh, the games are coming thick and fast. It's uh, The season is coming along. But this is our last uh, match, day, match day preview show for a while because it's international break next week. So we won't be uh, talking about this for a while. So you won't have to endure us. Uh, but we're joined today by Ayush. Welcome back to the show again. We, need, we needed to have at least one fan from Liverpool or City. So we have Ayush here to talk about Liverpool uh, for the big game today. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we have Jihan as well joining us once again. Jihan, welcome to the show. Always a pleasure to be here, brother. Yes, no, it's not going to be as intense as the El Clasico one, I think. Yeah, it's like an easy, calm weekend for Chelsea. Uh, for some teams, at least it's an easy, calm weekend. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the word unprecedented gets thrown around a lot. And it is unprecedented because this is, I think, our first preview show where we don't have a Manchester United fan. Uh, we don't have a lot. You have me, but we don't have actual Man United fan. So, I think we're all, I think we're all a little bit I mean, disappointed you, and kind of hiding right now because <laughs> nobody knows what the future holds. Uh, but uh, yes, it's an interesting one. Uh, before we get started, let's take a quick look at the Premier League table because I was looking at it and it's really interesting um, the way that it's poised. I don't know if you guys have had a look at it, but Liverpool currently atop, no surprises there, 16 points. But Leicester, Tottenham and Everton, uh, the ones who complete uh, were second, third and fourth. And then you've got Southampton uh, in fifth and they could go top if they win today. They're playing today, actually. So if they win, they go top of the table and they could stay there if results go their way. It's a weird, weird season. I mean, you could easily have Leicester going top by the end of the of, of the week. We could have Leicester being top of the table. We could have Arsenal. We could have Tottenham being top of the table as well by the end of the of the week. So it's a lot and a lot of a lot of interesting subplots that that are going around around this weekend uh, heading into the international break. But uh, with all of that, let's actually talk about uh, something else. We're going to start off with the first game, and it's poetic. That's the first game. It's Everton against Manchester United, and that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's, this is the, this is good. unless something drastic happens in the Chelsea Sheffield game. I think this is going to be the big story uh, for for Saturday. At least this is going to be the big story for tomorrow because whatever happens in this game, one way or another, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, plot lines that come out of that. But um, Gian, uh, how close is Oli to being sacked? I think I think uh, at this point, what there's so many conflicting rumors coming out. There's you know talk about the United talking to Pochettino. But then United came out saying, you know what? No, we support Ali. I mean, that's the dreaded vote of confidence that he got. But then there's a lot of strong, strong rumors. I mean, how close is Ali to being sacked, according to you, at this point? Just on your opinion. I mean, come on, let's approach something here. I mean, no employer is ever going to directly say that no, you don't have our vote of confidence. I mean, yeah, uh, Ali is at the wheel right now. So I don't think, no matter how bad things get, I mean, just a week before Mourinho was sacked at Chelsea. Abramovich said that Mourinho had the vote of confidence. And then he lost to Leicester, who eventually won the league. And then he got sacked. So, uh, I, I'm not going to really talk about the vote of confidence. But, uh, I mean, as much, as much as I enjoy seeing United in, what, 15th or 16th? I'm not sure. Yeah, at the moment, but they're 15th. They, they aren't... No, yeah, they are not a team moment, that... Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they aren't a team that, that's supposed to be in 15th. I mean, this is this is probably as bad as, or even worse than, 
the our third season in Chelsea, uh, Mourinho's second season, a uh, second time coming. United are losing left and right, six-one to Tottenham. I mean, they they beat PSG two-one, and then they lost the next match. I mean, no, they drew. I, they I really don't get what's. No, they they beat Leipzig uh, sorry, and lost sorry, to Arsenal. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's no, the match we, don't, we lose already I mean, enough. Please don't add imaginary losses. I mean, I'm trying to collect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the result against Chelsea, I mean, uh, it's not because I'm a Chelsea fan, but Chelsea do have a decent squad. I mean, they drew that and that was a good result. But then they lose, lose against Arsenal. I mean, it's, it's like a downward slope. I mean, you know, you beat PSG, you draw against Chelsea and then you lose to Arsenal. I mean, I don't know. You're going backwards. I mean, the problem with United isn't that they're playing bad or it's that this player, that player. It's just really inconsistent. And honestly, I do feel that Ole, I don't know. I mean, last season, he went down to seventh in the second half of the season, but he finished third, not even fourth. He finished third ahead of us. I mean, I thought Chelsea was guaranteed to be third. So I don't know if he's going to pull that off in the last moment too, but Truth be told, I think United are going to stick with him for a while longer. They're not going to give him the sack this soon. United seem to have much more patience than at least Abrahamovic does. So, yeah, I think he gets at least... He's here at least till February. At least till February. That's very bold. I'm, I definitely don't think that... Before I give my views, Ayush, um, Jihan is very optimistic saying February. I think that's a, I think that's way too optimistic to say February. Uh, but, I mean... It, no, I want him to stay till February. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. Every, every, you know, this is that the whole thing, right? But I mean, it, it's interesting because there is talk about, uh, you know, other managers. Once you start getting reports to other managers, that's when the issues, you know, because then it starts affecting the players. It starts affecting the backroom staff. What is the, what, what is it right now about uh, United that they're so inconsistent? Like if you can go, I mean, it's only a week ago that we were all talking about, you know, United beating Leipzig 5-0 and, you know, how, you know, and, and there was all these things on Facebook about how they were going to spank Arsenal. I thought that was over the top, but still. And now suddenly it's all talk about him leaving. It's, it's, what is it about the club that, that, you know, incites so much extremes of opinions? Because, I mean, United is obviously the most uh, followed team in the world and uh, lots of Dory Hunters or uh, as such fans. So, they are only based on the results. I mean, these fans, they only care about the results. These glory hunters. I'm not talking about the uh, faithful fans. They, every club has those. But uh, United especially known for having glory hunters. And these are the uh, fans which create the media buzz that uh, everything is not going okay. And uh, so they start creating the chaos. And uh, once the results don't follow as according to the plan, uh, things get out of control. And media also... Uh, gives more fire, fuel to the fire and uh, that's how things change because uh, United is uh, definitely, they can't lose their fan base. I mean, the club's uh, economy and everything the Glazers, they are they are if the results are not going okay, at least the money should, uh, income should be keep kept coming. That's the how the club is run right now yeah. in, under Glazers. So Right now, the results are not uh, following uh, according to the plan, and uh, that's why Ole has come under such scrutiny. Because and uh, it's not that one cannot be said that he has not been given time. Also, I mean, he's now well under one one season, complete one season. He has been given money which he has wasted on. 
see that 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 is where I would dig. I don't think he has been given the money which is wasted. And I mean, obviously, you know, as 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 a fan, we know what the inner workings are, which you may not be aware. No, I mean, no. You look, you buy a Donny Van Dyke, uh, Donny Van Beek, Van de Beek, and a Donny Van Dyke. <laughs> Two yeah, positions in one. No, let's mess up with the Dutch. <laughs> There is a van, <laughs> so van beak. Yeah. So he's not playing. He's not. I have not seen anything uh, which uh, uh, any spark like Jota is doing for Liverpool. So uh, we uh, um, cast a doubt on the scouting also. I mean, how they are signing the players just based on the names and everything, and the scouting is uh, lacking or what? Uh, the manager doesn't have a clear view of what strategy, what tactics he wants to implement on the pitch. So yeah, no, I mean, is coming. Nothing is coming together. Yeah, I mean it's it's a perfect storm. Like I we said this at the end of the transfer window. I don't know if you watched the episode. I said effectively United have sacked Sosha. They basically told him that they're going to sack him because they. I mean, when you think about it, it starts with Holland, who was supposed to come in January. He didn't come because the club refused because Edward Wood or whoever was in charge said we're not going to agree to the demands that the agent has placed. Now whether you that's right or wrong is a matter of opinion. I know there's some people who said that was right. There are some people that say it was wrong. That's fine, but th- that didn't happen. I know some people laugh at the suggestion that Haaland would come to United, but uh, when you look at the factors behind it, it was it was a very big possibility. They didn't get uh, Jude Bellingham. Uh, they did again. That's I mean I don't know you know you know what what went on there, but that didn't happen. They didn't go for Sancho again. Again, you can say whether it's right or wrong, whether it's overpriced or not, but that was his signing. They didn't give him that. He wanted Jack Willish. They didn't give him that. They got him Donny Van der Beek. Fair enough. You know you could say that the level level is same. Fair enough. He wanted Koulibaly last season. They said no, and then that, that's that's why they went for Maguire, uh, which is ironic. Ironic because if they had paid paid ninety million pounds for Koulibaly, he would be much better than Maguire at eighty million pounds. But that's how the club works, right? Ten million pounds saved, yeah, exactly. ten million pounds in dividends, right? So it, it's it's the issue is, is is I'm not saying that Oli isn't to blame because his team selections and we're going to talk about that. His team selections have been problematic, but you know, to, but he hasn't necessarily been back to the extent where the players that he wants, he's getting. He's getting players. that the club says you know what we can't get you this we'll get you that but you know do it you want a player we'll get you a player but it's not necessarily the players that he wants i mean when you get when you go from haland to igalo and cavani i mean seriously even you just have to think about you know what the club's priorities are but you know this is a conversation for another day i mean what we're going to there will probably be an all sack watch after uh, after tomorrow <laughs> based on my prediction and so we'll talk about all these things but let's talk about the team news because it's important and we have to talk about everton as well uh, let's start with everton uh, the team news so Um, Ayush, the the Jordan Pickford, uh, uh, Carlo Ancelotti has confirmed he's going to start. How much of a boost is that for Manchester United that Pickford is going to start? Sitagar <laughs> <laughs> Kogos, um, and I'm asking I mean, you this question because I know what you're going to say about John because I know you have very very interesting views about Jordan Pickford. Um, yeah, <laughs> it depends upon if he injures, uh, he, he does a rugby tackle on. If Pogba, he injures Maguire, then, be, I think most people will be oh, happy Maguire. if he does an injures Maguire. Yeah, I think most people United fans will be happy if he does that. and most people won't be if it does on bruno <laughs> so yeah, bruno, it, yeah that might be the issue it depends on his mood <laughs> yeah. he will make some something silly definitely he will make the game about himself pickford that's his uh, idea of goalkeeping so he will definitely try to grab the gap uh, limelight or media attention by making a howler or making some kind of saves also so yeah interesting choice from everton also yeah. and uh, They have every chance of Everton has a great chance to win on United against United. I mean, Arsenal had a poor record against United, and they managed to rectify it last weekend. Same similar thing goes for Everton also. 
Um, it will be interesting. I think that will be an interesting selection. Uh, Jihan, uh, no, regardless, and he's going to be suspended. But they'll have James Rodriguez back, and they'll have Luca Dinia back. Uh, his suspension was reduced from three games to one game, so both of them will be back. They weren't played in the last game against Newcastle when they lost. So how big of a boost it is for Everton to have those guys back um, in the side because they don't have a big squad as such, and those two players are, are really key to the way that they play uh, this season. Well, they obviously don't have the full team back, but. Rodriguez coming back has to be a big boost. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, especially Carlo Ancelotti's comments last week. I mean, I think you remembered them too. I mean, one point he's like he's not there. Then he's like, oh no, he is here. I mean, he got confused himself. So at least uh, the the good news is that Ancelotti isn't confused anymore. He's like, yes, he is back. <laughs> uh, we. I mean, I what more do I have to say about Rodriguez? He did it in Madrid. He's doing it in Everton. He comes in and. He has what five goal contributions, include assists and goals combined in his four, first four matches, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last few games, yeah, yeah, the last few games have not well been in Everton's way. Uh, we all expected it to come uh, come crashing down for them, but I do think that these players coming back it brings back a sort of stability. And um, well, frankly speaking, the, the predictions will come later, but I think. This might actually lead to Everton winning the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good for them to have these players back. I think Ricardo not playing might be an issue, so because they might have to start Alex Iwobi um, in that position. I don't know whether it be Iwobi or somebody else. So that might reduce their potency a little bit. But I think other than that, they look stacked. I mean, they have a very good midfield. So I mean, it's just uh, yeah, it's they look so good in all areas now. It's 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 wonderful. It's interesting how much changes in the summer. Um, but let's talk about Manchester United because I think uh, rightly or wrongly that will be the big news. And in some ways, it's because Everton are so settled; they know what their best eleven is. That you kind of expect, you kind of know what to expect. With United, the issue now is that there are so many question marks over certain positions. Um, it's, it's just baffling. So Alex Telles is now available. He had COVID; he's tested negative. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has confirmed that he was available. Um, Ayush, would you risk him for this game, even though he probably won't have training? He probably won't start. But if you were early, would you risk him for this game, knowing what he offers? Or would you say, you know what, let's just stick with Shaw for this one? Or, or you know, bring him into a back five? Yeah, I will try to risk him. I mean, uh, he has to start at some point. And Everton are not a big threat right now because uh, of an injury to Richarlison, like you told. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can handle Lander. Rodriguez is also back. I mean, he's not a pressing machine. And uh, if uh, United show some vigor, Fred players like Fred and uh, Matic, they show some vigor, they can definitely stop Rodriguez from pinging the ball over to. Calvert. I mean, only Calvert Lewin is the biggest uh, threat to United, uh, and I hope that uh, hoping that uh, Maguire will uh, handle him with ease. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there is, I mean, uh, I mean, because Shaw doesn't offer anything uh, going forward. Yeah, from what I have seen, I mean he's uh, he square and around pair, not offer much. Yeah, yeah. So he did better. Does but yeah, he doesn't offer he, much. Not as much as Telus. Yeah, yeah, and his pace has also gone down. I mean Shaw used to be fast, 
player but now and he doesn't dribble i mean his dribbling skills are also very poor i mean that doesn't play one twos from what i saw against istanbul i mean he, if you can't perform against istanbul i i don't think you can do anything against everton either so yeah it's worth taking a risk against terris and if he can uh, get some 60 minutes 60 minutes of good football from terris so it would be a start for him for this season yeah yeah that will be one of the questions chance is funny as well terris i think is one of the probably Uh, along with Van der Beek, as well, the two players that United got right that business, they got it done. They got the less late, but it was the right piece of business. But he's not available, and he might not be available to Solskjaer at all. Um, so it'll be funny <laughs> about that. But um, so the issue, I think, is is we talk about midfield and starting and and the front three. And I mean, this is where it, it gets controversial because it, there is uh, allegations, there is accusations of favoritism. I think he does have favorites. I think Ole does have favorites. He does, you know, play certain players even though they don't deserve to be played. Uh, I think the big question will be: Should Harry Maguire be dropped? And I don't think he'll be dropped, but he should be dropped. I don't think he will be dropped. I think he will start. So then you have to question: Is it going to be Lindelof? Or is it going to be Twanzibi? And I think it will be Lindelof because you cannot, you know, he took out Twanzibi at halftime, so he's going to not going to give it, get him in this game. So it's going to be Lindelof and Maguire again, sadly. Uh, Jihan, would you? So if if you're going to go with the with the team, would you go with the four three three or would you go with the diamond midfield? Um, and because then that you know, if you're going to play a diamond, you can play Matic, McTominay because he has to. He wants to play them. Obviously, that's it's pretty obvious he's going to play those two. But if he plays a diamond, he can play Van der Beek and Bruno, or you take out Van der Beek and you play Mason Greenwood. I would personally prefer to bring Van der Beek in, even if he has to play four three three and play him on the right, because I don't think Greenwood has really reached the level that he had reached last season. I think it's Rick. Whatever the issues are, he's probably had some issues and he's not reached that level. So I would go Van der Beek, but. What would you go with? Would you go with the four-two-three-one and put Greenwood, or would you bring in Van der Beek? I I I was about to say this a while ago. Thankfully, you're still on this on this topic. Uh, for me, uh, like you've said a while ago, Everton have a packed midfield, a very strong midfield, and I think uh, since the game is at Goodison Park, mm-hmm. um, even though fans aren't there, we still seen home teams playing well, like a home team. Um, I think Everton will bring the game to United, and a lot will be riding on Hamas' shoulders t- tomorrow. Uh, so I think what's crucial for United is getting that midfield right. And honestly, I have—I I don't know why I feel like he might go with a five-man back again, because uh, it, in a way, it worked against Chelsea. Uh, it, to be honest, like I've said before, they actually did dominate the game against us. And um, he's going to want to be cautious. I mean, we've we've seen it. He was cautious in Chelsea, and that's why he went for that five-man back. I, I see him doing that again. With respect to midfield, I think he's going. He's probably going to anchor Matic just to hold on to Rodriguez. Depends on how much he's he wants to implement a man-marking system, but I think Matic will be key, and I think he's just going to be tasked with just sticking on to Rodriguez. Uh, Cavani does not look like st- look like starting anytime no. soon. He's probably not match fit yet because before coming to United, he didn't play since March, right? Yeah, right. didn't play for seven months. I think even before March because I think he was injured. All right, so before March, uh, I, I heard it was March. Maybe a substitute appearance or something. Yeah. So uh, that was like what five months out, and then he comes to United. So obviously he's not fit yet. There's no doubting his quality. So once one was thinking up front. Uh, You obviously have to have Rashford, and uh, well, yes, you're right. Greenwood might not 
have reached those levels but i mean what what's his age 18 19 yeah he's a teenager so he's he is obviously that we've seen his potential i do see him putting uh, greenwood and rash rashford up front but not marcelo uh, um, marcelo because he's back now so well he he just came back right so uh, he played just for him on so yeah but we've seen his performance against istanbul haven't we with all the respect i'm sorry but like he scored a goal so i mean come on the goal anderson scored a uh, brace against uh, who was it against liverpool yeah but i think, I think what martial uh, offers greenwood does not offer which is hold up play so i mean i don't think martial rashford and uh, they are going to start so i guess the question really is is he going to go with the back five and then who do you take out i mean it's yeah it's, it's just the issues he needs to get this right because his job pretty much depends on it in my opinion um and i think what what combination he goes with will determine a lot of things but I, I, the thing that i don't want to see is i don't want to see pogba starting and honestly i don't even know if i want to see him coming off the bench because i really do not think he offers at this point i don't think he's offering a lot i think he probably just needs a break like you know not even starting not even coming on in the game just like being away uh but i mean I, that's just difficult to imagine that that won't happen so i mean we don't know what he's going to go with i think he might eventually go with the 433 with matic pogba bruno Uh, starting together maybe like you know this is my last chance so i might as well play the team that you know won me all these games um but it it is it is going to be interesting i think van de beek deserves a start after istanbul i think he deserves to start but i don't know i, I have no idea what, and this is the thing we just don't know what team he will pick um because there are certain players that for him they need to start what no matter what and that i think that's what's causing the issue for him because when you take those players in then there's not a lot of room for others but anyway um Pogba is such a big question mark for me. Yeah. I don't get what happened to his potential. Dude. He was so amazing at one point. I I, I really don't get it. He's still Pogba. so talented but mm-hmm. attitude problems maybe. Yeah, Pogba, Pogba. I mean, he he could have been the best midfielder in the world. I was so jealous of United when they got him. I'm being honest. But I don't know what happened to him. He he was linked to Real Madrid for a very long time. He still is. I mean, he still wants to go there. I think I think it's just for whatever reason it just hasn't worked out. I think I think uh, culturally maybe it hasn't worked maybe he hasn't gotten used to the fact I still feel that he hasn't gotten used to the fact that it's not Juventus that you cannot just turn up for certain games against like a Verona and Spezia and expect to you know find that they'll roll over for you or that you know they'll give you all that space that teams actually fight for the ball and do all that I think he I mean and this is not a criticism of Pogba I think this is just um the something he probably hasn't gotten used to doesn't expect Um you know that's one of the reasons why no other premier league team is ever linked with him it's always you know real madrid psg is because those are the leagues where you get that space in in those games and you can probably express yourself a bit more whereas in the premier league it's not always that easy but you know i mean that's you know that's again a conversation for another day and a conversation probably for another manager to have uh, that that will happen but uh, let's let's get a move on here because i know we've got a lot of games to talk Not about february spend a lot of time on this uh, ayush uh, who's going to be the key player for you for, for manchester united who's going to be the key player this game for this game bruno and uh, marcel these two are the my pick uh, i saw the match against istanbul and uh, uh, rashford was very rash with his shots <laughs> he was blowing uh, from 30 yards into rosy i mean it's frustrating to see him doing that against any every opponent in fact so he has got potential but a uh, return of marcel is a good boost for united he can Uh, definitely do damage uh, against weapons high line if they play high line or everything he has got close control good close control and a good curl shot so he he would be a key and uh, so yeah these two guys bruno and marcel jian for everton who do you think is going to be the key player rodriguez no doubt rodriguez he gets those passes in 
he gets those throws in you know at a big big trouble i think i'll go a little bit different i'll say fred and allen are going to be the key players because who wins that midfield battle is going to be key um to who wins this game and i think allen you know yeah. gives them that steal and maybe dukura as well allen dukura and i think i guess i'm assuming that's only fred and mctominay that's going to start so fred and mctominay versus allen dukura i think will be the key battle who wins that one i think may very well determine who wins the match and united need to win that midfield battle i think that that would be very otherwise they'll get overrun and it could be it could get messy uh, score predictions jihan what's what's your score prediction for this one 3-1 to everton okay um surprised you give a goal to united but fair enough i think one goal for united makes sense uh, ayush what do you think I mean, come on united do have a good attack i i don't they aren't given enough credit they have a good attack yeah yeah I, I, yeah i mean i i guess i'm being a bit harsh i mean they haven't scored in the last two games though, to be fair but yes i am being a bit harsh uh, ayush what do you think is going to be the score yeah i have heard some fans uh, saying that uh, whenever uh, ole's job is on the line he manages to thrash teams <laughs> so i am going for a 3-0 win united 3-0 from united for united yes, i heard those wow. theories as well and i think they're absolutely baseless and absolute crap and, and <laughs> it's, no, it's not no, it's it's actually absolutely baseless because the, the way they talk about it, it's like when he gets like a draw against liverpool or you know I, the, the only time i can remember him being under pressure was i think when the liverpool game came last season he got a draw out of it which people celebrated mm-hmm. like a victory because it was liverpool the only other time right. that i can think that he was there was probably um, after burnley but then they signed bruno so the pressure went off i can't really think of another time where his job was where it was a case of his job that he was going to lose his job and he put on like and they put in a monster performances i mean there's always rumors but i don't think he's ever come this close to being sacked mm-hmm. other than those two games that i can think about so I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to lose. The only thing I'm not sure about is it's going to be a scrappy 2-1 defeat, which Everton will get. Or will it be like, I, I can easily see this being a blowout where if they score an early goal, if Everton score an early goal, I can see the head dropping. I can see the, men- the mentality of the players going like, you know what, here we go again. And they could easily be blown off like 6-1 or 4-0 or something like that. So I'm not sure, but Everton are going to win. I think that's that's pretty much uh, confirmed that they are going to win. I think I'll, I'll, I think, I think, I think, um, I think I'll go with 3-0, but 3-0 to Everton. So I'm going to go different. I'm, go- I'm going 3-0 to United with yes. one goal from Bruno from penalty spot and two for Martial. Well, I mean, I mean that's I mean that's the thing. Yeah, wow. they get contrast. A- yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I think it'll, I think I, I I yeah, it's just it's just I think it all, a lot depends on the team that he selects. I think if he selects the one thing that I will say is I'm not Ali and Ali out. I'm I'm kind of over that whole business. But if he starts, if he doesn't give a chance, if he doesn't start uh, Donny van der Beek. and if he if he doesn't start a drop maguire one of those two at least has to happen and no maguire will probably start but if both of these things happen where he doesn't start van der beek and he starts maguire i think i will start to veer away from that support and if the team loses i mean i want to put that if the team wins then it's fine because obviously team comes first but if the team loses and he does those two things then i think i'm going to veer my support away because i mean it, then at that point you're like kind of like blatantly looking at you know what you got to change something um, you know and you can't just keep lying on the same place but anyway a uh, interesting game that one we spent a lot of time on it uh, unfortunately but let's move on let's let's get on to the next one chelsea against sheffield after all of that the calm the easy one chelsea sheffield i think if there's ever a guaranteed three points this weekend i think this one might be it chelsea against sheffield uh, but uh, jihan what a turnaround from lampard from talking about his defense being an issue we're talking i think ahead of the chelsea game about how they had an issue with headers Uh, they're defensively suspect. They've now got what six clean sheets in a row. I think they've got to keep. I think five or six. I think six clean sheets in a row uh, that they've gone on. It's an incredible run. Uh, Mendy has six clean sheets in seven games. Seven games? Oh, did this? Uh, no, no, they've not conceded since. Yeah. Uh, have, who, who, who was the 
wasn't it? No, I think they they kept a clean sheet against uh, United. They kept a clean sheet against Sevilla before that. Yeah. Um, and then there was another two four. Yeah. And uh, this was the fifth. Okay, fine. Maybe six and seven. Okay. Well, I can see count five. I don't know if they kept a clean sheet before the Sevilla game. I'm not sure. I'd have to rely on you for that. But probably not. I think that was the draw, wasn't it, with Southampton? Two, two or three, three, whatever that was. Maybe that was the result. Um, but yes, but he started on from that three-three game against Southampton, which I watched, and when I thought this is that they got away with one, um, they've now kept clean sheets. I mean, it's credit to Lampard for identifying and fixing that defensive problem, though. He's really, really come come in, into his own with that. Credit to Mendy for coming in and displacing Kepa. I know why did oh, that Kepa. happen? Why did that happen? Well, uh, <laughs> uh. well, of of course. I mean, uh, with uh, I, I I won't even say with due respect to Kepa. I mean, he's been messing up so much. It's it wasn't just his errors. I mean, uh, I think he had the highest ever, or at least highest in the the last season or this season, uh, goals to shots ratio at fifty five percent. And almost any other keeper had it below 50%. I mean, that is a horrible statistic. I mean, he's facing long shots too. So he's even letting those in. And Mendy, uh, I read somewhere that his hands are longer than usual, which was kind of instrumental to saving the Rashford shot against Manu. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a factor of why Mendy is doing it so well. But one thing I'll have to say is, yes, uh, people aren't talking about this enough, but... Kante is adjusting to Lampard's tactics much better right now. I mean, just last season, Kante was almost frozen out. Yes, he was injured, but we didn't see the Kante Kante we've seen before, or at least the World Cup winning Kante. This season, he's been very fluent. Uh, he's showing up the midfield. He's intercepting balls left and right. Against Manu, you saw it. I mean, nobody could make any passes near him. Uh, the defense is obviously doing well. Thiago Silva's integrating into the team. Yeah, I do see them. Uh, if the question, next question would have been, would they, do they keep a clean sheet against Sheffield? I, I do see them do keeping it. Yeah. I was not going to ask you that because Sheffield are blunt. I, I mean, they they really suck for offensively. So I mean, it's it's they should keep a clean sheet against against Sheffield. I mean, it would take a monumental mess up for them to concede even a goal against against Sheffield. But it's interesting you <laughs> talked about uh, Kante Lampard. Kante just seemed Lampard. This is also a case of Lampard understanding what are Kante's strengths now. Where maybe he was earlier thinking about playing him as a ball-playing midfielder, like you know, box to box. Whereas that's not his role. His yeah. role is really yeah, yeah. The defensive shield. And maybe he's understood that, and now he's just you know what you do your thing. And we've got other players. We've got Mount. We've got Harvards. We've got other guys who can you know carry the ball if you need them to. I, and it could be a combination of both. Both guys understanding what they need from each other, but having Kante in form uh, definitely makes a big difference. Difference uh, for sure. Ayush, um, uh, a quick note on the lineups. I don't think there is a lot of not a lot of uh, topics. I think in Chelsea, very settled team, very well, uh, uh, you know, controlled. The only the only issue is that we know that Mendy's fit, so that's the sad news um, on that front. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. Uh, but Pulisic, uh, uh, his injury is not as bad as it's feared, so apparently he could be back. Uh, would you risk him for this game, knowing that Harvards is out? Would you want to risk him for this game to bring him in? Um, and if you do bring him in, then it's a straight swap. But if not, um, I guess you'd have to bring in Hudson Odoi. Or else, yeah, would you bring in Hudson Odoi, or would you put Mount as a winger? No, I don't think uh, it's worth uh, risking for, for risking Pulisic for this match because Sheffield. I mean, they can easily win one nil or two nil. I mean, Chelsea have a lot of firepower in their arsenal. I mean, they have got any as much any formation without a number also Mount can play at number eight. Uh, and uh, number 10 also and 
they can go with the varna at uh, as a wing as winger yeah and zh is also back i mean zh and varna can play on the wings and mount can be as a number 10 and uh, they can go with uh, tammy or jiru uh, and uh, with the uh, if they want to go with experience uh, they can go with zero and if uh, not tammy uh, can also go with lock yeah so yeah chelsea don't have to worry much about this match mm-hmm. to them and uh, they have to worry but uh, i can see it on the paper yeah I, yeah it doesn't seem like one of those i mean it's yeah it should be a straightforward win i mean you know football is not like that but it should be a straightforward yeah. win based on form um gian no kai havertz as mentioned would you would you bring in jorginho or kovacic or uh, Yeah, would you bring back Jorginho or would you bring back Kovacic? Who do you think is is the better option in this game? Uh, you mentioned Havertz in place of Havertz or just yeah, because Havertz just is out with COVID. Midfield. Yeah, Havertz is out with COVID. Yeah, but, so, but the Havertz does not play in the position that they do. I yeah, mean, it's true. But they'll probably they'll push probably Mount um, as 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 the number ten, I guess, and then they'll probably have to bring in Jorginho Kovacic, right? That I mean. I would assume it's nowadays a 4-3-3 so Havertz and uh, Mount yeah. probably as a two central midfielders so you're basically just looking for a central midfield partner for Mount um and I guess it yeah I guess it would be one of those two because I don't think Billy Gilmore is back yet so I don't think they'll risk him um so yeah who, who would you go with or, or would you do go completely left field and maybe change something but the fielder I like Ayush I do not risk Pulisic because he's just back and with due respect to Sheffield I mean They're yet to con- keep a clean sheet this season. I don't think we need to risk him. Hudson Odoi on the wings, yeah. Yeah, or maybe Werner on the wings and Tammy up front. There's also Ayush Mensen. The thing about Chelsea is they've got lots of good options, and I think that's what any manager would want. It's about having options. Um, you know, sometimes they can they can be too many options, but I think for Chelsea, I think they've played it right. I think they've done so well. Um, but it's it's, it's wonderful. It's good. It's good to see. Um, uh, Gian, key player for Chelsea. Who do you think is going to be the key player for Chelsea this one? Well, I expect this to be a rout. Uh, I honestly expect the attacking players to all have some fun, get some assists and goals. But uh, if Mount's playing centrally, we've seen how influential he can be. So yeah, I'll, I'll give. No, actually, I'll go with Warner. 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 He scored seven goals and assisted five in his last seven games for club and country. So yeah, Warner. He's he's definitely getting on that score sheet. Might grab an assist too. I'm going to go opposite I'm going to say Thiago Silva and I'll tell you why I say that because this game is very similar to the game that happened midweek between Manchester United and Istanbul and where you know one team is obviously inferior the other team is on a high very confident looking to get goals and then you know what happens you know 10 players go and stand in the opposition box uh, you know waiting for something that's going to happen and they leave the striker so you need a defender who's going to keep you know calm and not be complacent hey our striker by the way Dembaba yes that was Dembaba so yes I know so you want to make sure that you that you don't get into those traps i think tiago silva will be key just to organize the defense and make sure that there's no complacency or no overconfidence and make sure that they do their defensive job because if chelsea are on it defensively they'll win this game easily um if they're not that it there could be a surprise in store so i think tiago silva for me will be key to organizing that defense i'm just going opposite i know we all like to talk about the attackers but just you know i'm providing a word of caution based on what i saw which i i hope i never see again but don't know what i saw on that game and We haven't even talked about. Zuma has got a great recovery pace also. I mean, uh, Sheffield doesn't have the pace to hurt Chelsea even if they play high line also in this match. So, well, Dembaba doesn't have great pace, and we had to unzip it. <laughs> great pace doesn't matter. I mean, if person is in the half field and the defenders are in the opposition box. I mean, that's yes. just. I mean, I, uh, about, uh, about the Dembaba goal. I mean, I've I've seen that same goal. Uh, if you remember the Torres goal in 2012 at the Camp Nou, it was very similar. 
mm-hmm. but in that instance barca were desperate they had like what three or four minutes left and they needed a goal united were not losing at that point where they were nil nil that was the first it goal of the game it was a calamity whereas nobody has ever seen anything like it in like the 12th minute of the yeah. end of the game I said it. I think they were complacent. They were overconfident, and I think what happened was everybody sort of went into the box. It was a corner, so you expect the center halves to go in, but you don't need uh, yeah. the fullbacks to be staying so front up. And I think mm-hmm. it was just a comedy of errors. The shot, shot had no no business to be in the box. He's not going to get a header, so I don't know why he was in the box for a corner. <laughs> uh, Van der Sar yeah, no won the corner, and he was actually tracking back, but Bruno was. being over smart and tried to play a quick corner the ball never went in i mean there's a whole reason there's a whole tactical analysis of how that goal happened but i don't want to get into it i think we've talked a lot about manchester united already today i think most of the fans <laughs> the people are watching this they're probably like oh this is a united thing let's just go now uh, so trying to get <laughs> but uh, uh i issue score prediction for that game what do you think chelsea sheffield what do you think is going to be the score 4-0 uh, for chelsea uh, um jihan i i was actually thinking the same as him 4-0 3-0 4-0 I'm kind of stuck. Oh you can pick 4-0 you picked 3-0 last no you picked 3-1 last time so yeah I mean you can stick with 4 4-0 or maybe 3 well I mean Chelsea oh. you have 3 right so it should be 3-0 the Chelsea <laughs> obligation is 3 so it seems to be 3 I think it's going to be 2-0 I think it's going to be a routine 2-0 but I think what's going to happen is that Chelsea are probably not going to exert themselves a little bit they'll probably get one or two quick goals and they'll probably um, because they don't have all of their first choice players I think they'll just probably be very organized and It'll be like a professional. It's not going to be like those two nil wins where you get lucky. I think it'll be a very routine two nil win where you get a couple of goals and then you kind of take it easy and then just see the game out. I think that's what's going to happen. They might very well go and get three four, three or four goals, but I think it will be two nil. I think since all right. Um, and I also think Sheffield were very good defensively against City, aside from one lapse. So it might very well be a case of Sheffield saying we'll just park the bus and we'll take a two nil defeat. We'll try to keep our goal difference low and we'll go from that. Um, but let's move on uh, to another uh, calm, relatively calm game. We're into Sunday now, so these are Saturday games. Uh, please remember to uh, like this video if you enjoyed it so far. If you enjoyed all the discussion we've had, and remember to subscribe to our channel because we are going to do match reactions for both these games: Man United against uh, Everton and Chelsea against Sheffield. We're going to do match reactions for them. So if you subscribe, you'll get notifications as soon as they come out because they will come out very soon after the games are over. So. Please subscribe so you can get notifications for that. Uh, we are at 112 subscribers right now, so please help us get to 120. Uh, we really appreciate your support. So we're now going to Sunday games, and the first one, West Brom against Tottenham, and uh, interesting one again. I think should be fairly routine. West Brom actually lost to Fulham, so if you lose to Fulham, um, then you know <laughs> there's, there's only one way you're going, and that's down. Because um, you know, I, I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, but, I mean, Tottenham. The thing about Tottenham, I used to say, they look settled now. They look, they seem like they have their team in order. They know the way that they want to play. Uh, Jose has got his message across. I mean, this is his second season, so things are looking up right now. Um, but it looks, like, they just look settled. They just look like they know what they have to do every game, and they just go out there and do it now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tottenham are the dark horses in the title race this season. They are slowly and uh, building up the base. I mean, they are right up there with the top teams right now, and the results are going their favor. Uh, and it looks like they because uh, Bale. I mean, the forward line is obviously firing on all cylinders. Son, Kane, Bale, Lucas Moura. They've got a lot of power on Dumbbell also, and back uh, also they are with the uh, Hoiberg and. Uh, With they are, I mean, defensively also they are doing well, and uh, their fullbacks. I mean, uh, I'm I have been very impressed with their new fullback, uh, Legion from yeah Legion. So he has been doing a great job also, and uh, so they are uh, they have good cover in all the departments, and uh, they have a solid keeper in Lawrence. I mean, 
that is reliable and uh, the central bank partnership is also i mean they have uh, good so the team is definitely there for morino i mean he can't uh, now uh, mourn about the team selection and uh, the team he doesn't have. so that's in place now uh, it's all about uh, extracting the best from them and keeping uh, kane uh, especially kane uh, healthy and uh, for the entire season if we can maintain the fitness for bale and kane these two guys so penalties i mean kane bought a penalty oh the, those are the things like, he's not going to moan about signings he'll moan about other clubs that that will happen <laughs> the player moaning starts next season just <laughs> 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 kidding i'm kidding maybe things will be better this time we don't know i know gian zel watching is a chelsea fan is like oh don't say bad about mourinho um but speaking of the <laughs> gian uh gian knows how good regian is he should know because the uh, extreme madrid player he should know how good the gian is um but gian on the note of title challenges i mean i just mentioned him being Uh, Tottenham being dark horses for the title for the title this season it's interesting because what we know is that if Tottenham beat West Brom they will have made up they will go top of the table if Liverpool lose or they will go further ahead of Manchester City so come what may if they win they are going to act, they, are, they are going to um lose or draw actually whether Liverpool lose or draw Tottenham will be top because of uh, better goal defense um so what we know is that this is a good chance for Tottenham to actually you know get close to one of the two teams or you know get close or get far away whatever you want to where you want to look at it uh, from one the two teams that are considered to be title challengers so that you know it, it is interesting because it does make them in some ways you know they are going to be title challengers if they keep that intensity up because they do have a good team um and we have to start thinking about them in the conversation for that now don't we definitely i mean they have the uh third fourth uh, hurricane is one of the top 5 goal scorers and one of the top 3 assist makers if not the top one mm-hmm. and that gains son partnership oh my god it's so beautiful to watch i mean uh, there are kane is assisting scoring son is doing the same too they're easily That's title challengers and uh, let's be honest they have mourinho as their manager no this is not a chelsea bias i mean i i, I am kind of angry at him for selling off de bruyne and salah to other clubs but um Yeah, I mean Mourinho is a serial winner. He wins wherever he goes. Even with United with the squad he had, he won United the Europa League and the League Cup. There's still trophies. And Tottenham is a good enough team. We they are they're kind of balanced, you know. They have very decent players all around the pitch. Regularly and you've mentioned it. It's not just Real Madrid. I mean, Chelsea were in the race to buying him. But we we didn't get him. To uh, in my honest opinion, I actually preferred him over Chilwell. Despite Chilwell's Premier League experience, centre backs decent. Cent- that nobody wanted. I think that was the issue. But Spurs obviously didn't mind it. So, yeah, the buyback yeah, yeah. was uh, that. That that was the main problem basically. Yeah. Because Spurs got him for what half the price that we bought Chilwell for, but the buyback cost, we, we didn't want him. Yeah, but it was a buyback. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not buying him to make him for Real Madrid. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The the mid the midfield is strong. Everything. I mean, Mourinho might get a player or two, maybe an attacking midfielder, but his team seems solid. Yeah. Easy win for them against West Bromwich. Let's see where they go from here. 
Yeah, that would be interesting to watch. Um, Ayush is going to be a key player for Tottenham for this one. For key player for Tottenham, uh, definitely Son and Bale are uh, and Kane are on fire. But I am eager to watch Bale once again. The, I mean, if he gets a start, I mean, it will be a great fun to yeah. watch Bale. I don't think he will start this one. I think he'll come off the bench because he started in the Europa League and it's West Ham is not a game you want to risk Bale and a Bale injury for. So I don't think he'll start. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people are eager to watch uh, HBK in action. I coined that one. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, they want to watch that one. Uh, Gian, what's your predicted score? You already predicted Tottenham Melvin. What do you think is going to be the score? I think I'm going with three way too much. There's some sort of a three in my head right now. Again, 3-1. Uh, I think 3 is a very safe bet of goals to put, right? And 4 becomes like, a, oh my God, <laughs> and 2 becomes like, yeah. too negative. So, 3 is like a very safe bet for these kind of games. I think that's all. <laughs> 3 is like, like, you know, like, you know, I know, it's, it's, it's fine. 3-1? Yeah, 3-1? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 3-1 to talk now. Ayush? 4-1. 4-1. 4-1. Ayush goes with 4 a lot because, you know, like he's gone 4-0. Uh, he's got 4 0 and then 4 1 now. So Ayush goes with 4 Ayush, like, that's fine. It's all attacking football in the September League. Um, I mean, Ayush is more aggressive. I mean, let's let's have it. More yeah. goals, more destruction. Well, yeah. I want that same from United also. I mean, same passion from United also. Uh, we'll see how that one goes. I think, yeah, I think it'll be 4 I think it'll be 4 0. 4 0 to, uh, to, to Tottenham or West Brom. I think they'll, yeah, I think, the, yeah, I think West Brom, I think the one thing that might affect them is the fact that they lost to Fulham. And I think that will be a confidence breaker. Uh, for them <laughs> to find that from some because when you because that's essentially a relegation six pointer that they just lost, um, and that really will affect their, their morale a lot. So hopefully, they can pick themselves up. But I think Spurs will have a bit too much, it'll probably 4 0. But knowing Mourinho, it might be a 1 0 classic 1 0 get a one goal and then defend for the next 80 minutes. We don't know what Mourinho can do, but now I think it'll be 4 0 uh, to, to Spurs. Uh, all right, and uh, well, we've covered that. We're now going to talk about the big game of the weekend, the one that uh, I suppose everyone's excited about uh, Manchester City against Liverpool, an early title clash. Um, in some ways, I mean, your City are a bit down, further down the table, though they do have a game in hand. But uh, one interesting clash. And uh, it's, it, there's a lot of interesting subplots to talk about if we have time, but we'll see how much we can cover. But um, let's let's start with the team news. Let's start with Manchester City. Jihan, I know you're not a Manchester City fan, but being a Chelsea fan, you guys are pretty much close enough. So, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, I'm kidding. No, but, but because I used to be a Liverpool fan, so we'll have you like sort of being like a Man City fan. Uh, uh, advocate, Man City advocate. I want to say support of an advocate for Man City. So we'll, we'll do it that way. Um, but the team news, the good news is that Jesus is back for Manchester City. Uh, Aguero's are injured, but Jesus is back. He made his return in the Champions League. Would you start him or would you keep Ferran Torres? Because Ferran hasn't done too badly when he's played as a striker. Would you start Jesus or would you would you, would you you keep the front, like, would you keep Ferran Torres where he is from? Ferran Torres. Because... One, he's act- he's actually been on form and he's doing pretty well. And second, he just he's just back, so maybe uh, an appearance from the bench, mm-hmm. but I, I don't start him. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then when you go to the midfield, I mean that's a pretty straightforward answer for start with Ferran. Uh, um, but you know, with the midfield now, so here's the interesting thing: midfield trio. Um, who do you start as your three in midfield? And then if you were to change, would you take out Mares for Bernardo Silva? as a winger, and then you bring in maybe Foden or Gundogan in midfield alongside, you know, whoever else. Or would you stick with maybe Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne and Rodri in midfield and put Mahrez on the wing? What do you think is the better option for City in this one? Well, if we're talking about attacking midfield, I mean, there's no choice over De Bruyne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if he's not fit, De Bruyne. 
even if he's injured de bruyne the only way i don't <laughs> start him is if he's broken his bone or if he's red carded so de bruyne up front definitely and um, rodri seems to be doing a pretty good job so yeah yeah the rodri and uh, mm-hmm. is that third position right? would you is that third position would you go with silva or would you go with foden or would you put both of them and take out mahrez and play uh, foden or silva on the wings uh foden to me little inexperienced i mean obviously he's a great talent and um, being an admirer of england myself i hope he shines but i i go with bernardo silva let's play this safe liverpool are doing really well and uh, we have to focus on one thing that liverpool have three center backs out so that defense is leaky i say make that midfield creative put some pace on the wings just get the ball to the strikers you are getting those goals so de bruyne silva and rodri for me yeah and then you start mahrez as a finger okay yeah i mean it's just mahrez is not in yeah, form this season that's just the, but that might be that might be one area where pep tries to tinker maybe he might tinker you know he likes to tinker in the big games so he might tinker there and i think it's worth a shot but i mean i, I get your point about the pace about needing pace um in the in the front line and maybe that might that might be what he opts for eventually um certainly what consider i mean he might even play ferran on the wings and place uh, a, a striker we don't know we just don't know what what he will do uh ayush uh, liverpool team news some good news nabi keita is back he made his return so he's going to be back um but i guess the bigger news i think we were talking about uh, james rodriguez is not the answer to the question of who is the best signing of the season so far that is diogo diogo jota he is the best yeah. signing of the season so far. i don't care what anyone says he's the best signing of the season so far um and he looks so good he's got to start this game right I, I, i he has to start so then the question becomes if he's starting you're going to have salah mane and sorry see yeah, salah mane and jota will be your front three most likely so do you start firmino as uh, number 10 and go with the 4231 or do you you know or do you bench firmino and you go with nabi keita vinaldum and henderson as your midfield three um what what if you're the manager what do you do in this situation because benching firmino is, is is a big is a big deal if that happens knowing uh, klopp i think uh, he will go with um, a bit more uh, secure and a bit more uh, tried and tested uh, from the uh, vinaldum gini endo and uh, uh, nabi keita because uh, uh, it's a away game against city so city will have the majority of possession and we need uh, uh, midfielders who can battle and uh, who will uh, hustle and harry the their players because uh, if we Uh, based on our creativity and if you are too direct i mean city will not give us position so uh, i mean uh, playing uh, uh, mane sala and jota i mean uh, it will become a bit too direct the team will it was a good tactic against atlanta because atlanta are, are, are known for playing too big of high line and uh, we uh, exploited them beautifully but uh, against city i mean uh, with their kind of possession and uh, it will be difficult uh, if we play with the jota also So, so you yeah, I will stick with Firmino uh, for this match at least because uh, he is uh, known to the pressure. He knows uh, what City brings on the table, and uh, he has some strengths which uh, obviously clearly makes him different from Jota. I mean, nothing taking nothing away from Jota, he, he has been on great form, and he will definitely make an impact from the bench and uh, in the second half. But for start, I would prefer Firmino for this game. Well, I mean, that's you know, if you can, if you can go all the confidence and say Diogo Jota after scoring a hat trick, he's going to be on the bench 
I think that that is Liverpool in a nutshell, isn't it? That that's that that strength and depth, and that I like that confidence to be able to say that. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it, it makes sense to go with the midfield three. But then the question is, who starts in that front three? And I suppose Firmino might get that nod. Um, defense, though, I think that's. What, I think it's a bit overblown. I think Liverpool's defensive issues. I don't think they've been that bad than they normally are. I mean, yes, they are missing Van Dijk, but uh, they do have Allison back, so I think it should be okay. Um, center half, though. Uh, who's going to be your pairing? So, Joe Gomez is fit. Uh, Joel Matip is not fit. Uh, so, do you go with Gomez and Matip? Or do you bring in Nat Phillips or Reese Williams? I mean, the answer is quite obvious. But knowing that Gomez has made a few errors and Matip is not fully fit, uh, is that a consideration? Considering that both Phillips and Williams didn't do so badly when they played. Um, would you would you consider that? Or would you go Gomez and Matip? Let's, let's play it safe. I think uh, the Gomez... Klopp has started to believe in Gomez. I mean, he can he he's showing that he can uh, uh, organize the defense. So Gomez has uh, done that brilliantly once uh, after the injury of Van Dijk. So well, Gomez is definitely last weekend though. Yeah, yeah, but uh, okay, I'll give him benefit out of. I mean, we don't have choices at least. I mean, Reese Williams is too young for this game. I mean, uh, he's just 19-18, so I don't want to. Because there's a big chance we might lose this game, so uh, I will start with the Netflix. He was very good against uh, in the last match. He was very, he was solid, and uh, mm-hmm. we need something because uh, City have uh, big uh, centre backs, so they can be threat on the set uh, set pieces also. I mean, with Diaz, they do some Diaz and AK and. Uh, Laporte, they they can score from pieces. So Netflix has that physicality in him, which uh, Matip doesn't have. I mean, he's uh, very injury prone, and uh, even with his height, he's uh, not care, known for scoring, uh, shielding the defenses properly as he should. He's a solid centre back, but uh, probably this match is a bit too soon for him for Matip. Okay, so I will go with Phillips and uh, Gomez as centre yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely not a bad choice. But I, yeah, I mean, I feel like he might want Matip for this game. So if he's fit, I think he will get the nod, even though we may say no. Um, you know, he probably might, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, what's interesting, though, is that this game, as well, this game, Liverpool have had a bit of, have not had the kind of season they had last season, but they still talk. So make of that what you will. Uh, City seem to be inconsistent, uh, you know, varying from one game to the next. Uh, Jihan, if, if Liverpool win this game, do you think that is it for City in terms of their title challenge this season? Like, or is that, or is it too early to tell? When you asked me that four weeks ago, I said it was too early to tell, but we're at least a, almost a third into the third way into the season. Well, a fourth. I know. Yeah, no, yeah, not a third yet. Well, eight yeah. into eight yeah, into five. Well, a fifth actually. Eight into five is forty, right? So a fifth into the season, yeah. Twenty <laughs> percent. Uh, <laughs> Correct, Matt. <laughs> Liverpool win at Etihad. The game, the the, the race is over for City. Yeah, it, it's just as clear as day there, mm-hmm. because um, more important than the points difference, it's going to be the morale boost that Liverpool get. Liverpool might go on a run that they saw last season. I mean, uh, this has not been talked about yet, but Liverpool have conceded the most goals in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, and the. Albeit that, they are still top of the league. Uh, which is why, like you've said, Tottenham would go ahead if Liverpool drew on goal difference. Yeah. Um, this is simply because of the number of goals they've conceded. But Liverpool beating City at the Etihad, 
they'd have a much bigger confidence boost and city city almost have their entire squad liverpool have at least a third of the squad out and if they still can't beat liverpool at home uh, the mental breakdown i don't think pep guardiola is going to be able to take it out of the title race if you lose this match yeah yeah it just feels like a must win for city particularly with the points gap that is already there uh, they really need they, they don't want that uh, to happen so they'll need that ayush um, is it i mean it's, it's unfair to say this but it sometimes feels like liverpool versus city is almost like intensity against artistry right where you got liverpool's intensity they're really high pressing not that they're not artistic or creative they are but it's always that intensity whereas city city always have this artistry they are more about you know trying to find spaces and not to say the city are not intense they also have like really uh, good pressing it almost feels like that perfect marriage if you will of, of of styles in some ways which makes them so thrilling but it does feel like a case of like which one's going to win out on the day um will liverpool's intensity be affected because of the players that they don't have or do you think that the players that are coming they they already know what's what's expected of them yeah, definitely i mean club uh, will have the team talk uh, uh, they will be fired as for sure liverpool one thing which cannot be put on this liverpool squad is that uh, they are mentality monsters from they have been showing with past 3 seasons now and uh, they will be up for it but uh, yeah city definitely has a, a edge uh, i would say because of kevin de bruyne i mean that they have that next factor in kevin so you can ping uh, any solid through ball and uh, with the crosses i mean just much of quality so if we can control kevin uh, this in this match uh, we have a solid chance and uh, to maybe spring up a surprise and uh, the i mean the squad is also shaping up with uh, shakiri and jota they are they are match fit now and they are game changers now so mm-hmm. if things are not going uh, according to the plan we can definitely change uh, unlike last season when we had to depend on guys like origi and minamino who are not uh, up to the mark let's say so now we got proper uh, change, uh, uh, substitutes who, who are different who bring different strengths to the game and uh, who are a real threat Mm-hmm. so so, so yeah. that's a good issue so once they go and all the we have all the strength uh, i mean uh, minus uh, when when i go so we look good for at least top four season oh that's just yeah and we don't get to say that it's good for top four uh so that's that's being way too modest but uh jihan um what's uh, what's who's going to be the key player for manchester city for this game city yeah debrana Ibrahima and uh, I actually, but 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 to be honest, no, I, I actually have to put it on the defensive side. Uh, Liverpool's defense might be leak. I mean, they they conceded the most number of goals in the league and they're still top, which means their their firepower is immense. So mm-hmm. the defense of City, the yeah. centre back pairing has to be at their best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. Yeah, um, Ayush, key player for Liverpool. Key player for Liverpool, I think uh, it will be midfield battle. So Hendo. and uh, will be the key i mean if he player can, of the year jordan henderson yeah, still yeah, talk about that jordan wonder <laughs> and so um, diogo jota and uh, if he starts uh, he is on fire so side chance i mean he can start the game and uh, he has every right to get think that he should start this match but uh, uh, he brings different qualities i mean he it's not like he doesn't press also i mean he brings so many qualities so he were i don't i didn't know that he would be such a great i am once i started watching him more closely i can see why we went after him 
So, yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's weird. I mean, I think the thing is, Jota was always rated very highly, as was uh, Raul Jimenez at Wolves. I think it's just that nobody ever thought that Wolves would sell those guys because, you know, they're, they're pretty loaded themselves. So they didn't look like they were going to sell, but Liverpool got a coup, really. I mean, that, that player. And here, yeah, there's another team that needs a right winger, is waiting for one for the last, what, three, four years, and they still can't find one. So, I mean, you know, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's interesting. I think what will be what will be um, important. I think, as I said, it it's like there's one team that has a, a little bit of a patchy defense, which is Liverpool. Uh, they're coming up against a patchy attack, which is Manchester City. Uh, there's a irresistible <laughs> attack, a really good attack, which is Liverpool. <laughs> the defense that probably is at its best point now, which is Manchester City. So it's really a question of which is less patchy and which is better. Um, I, I just feel like City. The, the thing is, and we're going to talk score predictions, but I just feel, in my opinion, that Liverpool's attack was too good for Manchester City's defence. And I think City's attack isn't necessarily primed right now to take advantage of City's of Liverpool's patchy defence. So, But that's just my opinion. Um, I know everybody else has different ones. But Jihan, what is your score prediction for this one? I think we're going to have an open and interesting match. Uh, Klopp never parks the bus. Even though he might have, he should have. I'm gonna go for a draw. I'm gonna say two two. Two two. Mm, wow. I'm top of the league. Two two. Well, maybe yeah. Well, Leicester could be top if they win their game. So it's not necessarily Tottenham will go top, but yeah, Tottenham will go above Liverpool if they win. But yeah, Leicester will go top if they win because they are ahead of Tottenham at the moment. That's just a strange season. Uh, that's just what we're talking about, Leicester. Uh, Ayush, you're well. I mean, imagine that Leicester and the Brendan Rodgers being top of the league. Uh, Ayush, what's your uh, score prediction? I feel that um, I think maybe Liverpool has a good chance of uh, snatching a victory. I mean, because uh, the fans are not there. If City fall back, we fall behind. We can uh, definitely uh, use our pace on the counter. They will be pushing forward. So I feel that we have a good chance of winning. And uh, I'll go with a 2 1 uh, or 3 2. I'm mean, 3 2. 3 2. I'm going with a, yeah, yeah, for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you've not picked the number four this for this one, so that's a that's a change. Uh, Finally, so I, think, I think it'll be. Yeah, I think I'll, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll be a bit. I think City can blow us over the park. I, they, there's a great chance that uh, City can blow us under the water. I mean, they they can go win that big, big also. Yeah, because it could happen. Yes, um, I think I'll be a bit brave and I'll say it'll be five three to Liverpool. I think there'll be lots of goals in this game. I think Liverpool will just outscore City. It'll be 5-3. It'll be 4-3 and then at the end of the, of the game, there'll be a break and Liverpool will score a goal. That's my prediction. It'll be 5-3 to, to, uh, to Liverpool. That's my prediction. I, I just feel like City are not... They're not as good as they are. I, just, I, I don't know if they can win this game. It's just... It's going to depend on how they approach it. And it's always about mentality that we talk about. It's, it's how they approach this game that's going to be key. It's not to say that City can't win it, but it just feels like Liverpool at the moment, they know how to win games. Like it's, it's, it's disappointing and sad to watch every game when you're like at the 85th minute and you're like kind of just waiting for the shoe to drop and you're like, oh my God, it's not going to drop and then it drops. It's kind of like that with Liverpool. Like, you know, like you just know that they're going to pull it out of, from somewhere. And uh, that's why I always said, even in that Villa game, it was 2-0, I was like, this is not, you know, this doesn't mean anything. But then they went and that's basically what you need to do. You need to score seven goals. To, to Liverpool. That's what you need to do. Almost. Um, but I think that's that's probably it's 5-3 to Liverpool. That's my prediction. All right. We've got one game left and uh, we are kind of running out of time. So let's breeze to this one. It's Arsenal. Nobody cares about them. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still bitter about last weekend. Uh, but Arsenal against Aston Villa. Uh, this could have been a top four battle about a couple of weeks ago. But Aston Villa kind of have settled down on their form a little bit. They've lost last two games, conceded seven goals as well. They're kind of getting back to where their form should be. 
Uh, and Arsenal, uh, but uh, Ayush, uh, Arsenal and Arteta on the way up. It's, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? Where Arsenal are slowly climbing up. They're like getting some decent results. They're grinding out wins when they need to. Um, yeah. Looks like they're, they're, they're getting back to, to where they used to be. Which is tough. Yeah. Not the yeah, I mean, Arsenal have definitely changed their philosophy from uh, completely from their past. Uh, they one touch football, so that's uh, now they are most solid on the defense. There uh, and they will be, they will be seeing lots of one nils and two ones between this season. So Arteta is trying to base his team in from defense, and uh, Luis and uh, Gabriel, the Brazilians, are doing a good job for them. Yeah, and uh, Bud Leno is also a solid goalkeeper, so their fullbacks are also doing okay. I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely Arsenal are on the up, and they are taking advantage of other teams' uh, I mean, mistakes and uh, inconsistency. I can say so. Against uh, top six, uh, you won't fancy Arsenal, but uh, every bottom teams uh, they are doing a good job. Well, I mean, there's a big six team that they beat. So, I don't know if you would not fancy them against one big six team. Although they're not top six team, but they are a big six team, so to be called. Um, but it's interesting. I think I, I just a very quick segue before I come to the team news. It's interesting when you talk about the top teams, you talk about how their fullbacks are doing well. And there's one team that is not doing well and their fullbacks are not doing well. I mean, it's interesting how the whole role of fullbacks has changed, hasn't it? I mean, when you talk about all the big teams, all the other five teams, you can say that their fullbacks are really good, very offensive. And then there's Manchester United, which doesn't have offensive fullbacks. It's sad to see, but it's interesting how the game has changed. Uh, Jihan, um, the quick news about Arsenal. So, uh, would you start Willian or Pepe for this next game? Because Willian has had a good start, but it's kind of fizzled out a bit. Pepe looks to be a little bit on the air. Would you start Willian or would you start Pepe for this one? I'd go with Pepe because of his pace. But uh, what Willian brings is the experience. He's obviously been with a much bigger team. Uh, the only team in the only team to talk about in London, anyways. Um, but uh, I, I go with Pepe in this match just simply because of what you've just said. Uh, William seems to have slowed down and may, not as bad as Pogba, but maybe he just needs a game or two as a break. Mm-hmm. His age has come up to him too. And uh, let's be honest, Aston Villa is well, they're not a team that's going to beat Liverpool 7 2 every day, so they're, they're slowing down too. Pepe could use the experience. He's a young player. Let him shine. Yeah. William, can you take a match or two break? Yes, you know, Pepe is 25. This is the point of time when Lingard is young. Memes started coming out. So I think calling Pepe young now, I think he might be the new <laughs> Lingard being young. You said 25, 26 already. But I know. I, I know what you mean, though. Uh, he has a bit of experience, yes, for the Premier League. I mean, he's much younger than William. That's what basically yeah, that, I was going for. That's yeah, that's for sure. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just taking the mickey out of Arsenal fans here. <laughs> um, would you start... David Lewis is back. Would you bring him in? Uh, and would you take out Rob Holding? Or would you uh, Would you keep... Uh, uh, that was monstrous meme. Uh, I, I think David... Uh, Arsenal was just about to play Chelsea in the FA Cup final last season. And the meme was like... Uh, do you expect the David Lewis that you saw against Manchester City or the David Lewis that you saw against Manchester City? I mean, the, the one they lost 3-0, it was basically because of him. And then they, the one they won 2-0 in the FA Cup semi-finals, that was also basically because of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my point is that uh, when he's good, he's probably one of the best defenders in the world. When he, But when he's not, he, he let's just say he's just not. So... But I've seen him playing very consistently good. I, I'm obviously not following Arsenal matches the way 
fan would. But every time I've seen him, especially in the highlight videos, he looks very solid. And Arsenal might, the results might be going their way, but he seems to be a player to miss nowadays. Yeah. Yes, I integrate him back into the lineup as soon as possible. Yeah, it's the back three, I think, suits him. I mean, I think that's what it is. They could keep holding and then push Tierney to left wing back and possibly take out, uh, I guess, you know, maybe maybe not play Saka or maybe West someone. Maybe play Saka instead of uh, Villian and then, you know, play him up front. And so then they can they can do that as well instead of playing Pepe. So there are options for us. And I think that's, that's the key. Uh, Ayush um, Elneny, uh, someone who... You know, there's a lot of, was was very much for a long time. He suddenly doesn't he? Like it looks like a different player. I don't know whether it's the formation, whether it's Partey, whether it's Arteta, but he looks a different player now. He looks like one of the undroppables at this point. Like he's got to start every game for Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, uh, kudos to him, Elneny. I mean, he was uh, not in the frame uh, currently, but uh, he has uh, been given a chance by Arteta of. And uh, he has done something right. I mean, he's training well and he's not doing stupid mistakes like uh, Zaka and also he's keeping it uh, simple, which uh, which is what uh, Arsenal want, Arteta wants from his team. Not to concede stupid uh, free kicks and uh, give up give up possession. So, he, he's doing, doing the basics right. So, he's in the team right now. He's not doing anything fancy, but uh, he's doing the job which is uh, asked of him. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah... And Gabriel has made a big difference to their defense, I think. He's the captain, he's the one who's marshalling the defense. So, with the, they've got a solid triangle behind, I mean, the, the Leno uh, and uh, Gabriel and uh, El Nani. So, uh, defensively, they are uh, sorted out. So, they can uh, go think more in a front manner. So, Luis uh, is one who can uh, give the diagonals to their wingers. Uh, from behind, which holding cannot. So, if Luis is fit, uh, he he's the one who starts for me. Because they've got uh, Gabriel who can cover up for his mistakes also now. Like yeah, because they'll play three centre-half. So, I think they'll have enough yeah. to cover Luis if he makes any mistakes. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. It's one of those games which you can expect Arsenal to slip up in against Aston Villa. It's one of those banana skin games. But you'd expect Arsenal to have enough to push Aston Villa away. Uh, Gian, who's going to be your key player uh, for Arsenal? I expect Arsenal to go full out attacking here. So, that seems to be in form. He is available for the match, right? Yeah, I believe so, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lacazette. Um, uh, yeah. Ayush, what's your score prediction for this one? Uh, I think uh, 2-1 for Arsenal because... Uh, they have so uh, their philosophy has changed. I mean, they want to keep uh, clean sheets and uh, because they don't have much creativity, they don't mm-hmm. they lack creative midfielders. So they will score and then uh, stay behind and uh, play on the counter. So two one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be very high scoring. I don't think. Um, that's yeah, what Arsenal do these days. Uh, Jihan, what's your prediction? Two one to Arsenal. No more threes. I don't see well, Arsenal scoring those threes. So you know. Two plus one is three, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. I think, yeah, I think it's a safe bet. I think, yeah, I think it'll be one nil to to Arsenal. I think it'll go, yeah, it, it won't be a high scoring game. I think it will be a cagey yeah. affair. I think, yeah, some might just nick it with the odd goal. One nil uh, to Arsenal. I think that's what I will say. Two one is also a fair result. It could even be three two, but I don't, I think I'll be too optimistic. But I think one nil uh, sounds about right. But Aston Villa could win this one as well. Like, at least they see that. But I think, yeah, Aston Villa's got good players. I mean, yeah, Grealish is on fire this season. He's, yeah. As is Ross Barkley. 
Ross Barkley is the uh, yeah he loan from a certain club in London. <laughs> Agent Barkley, Agent Barkley. Yeah, yeah, Ross Barkley has been good as well. So they do have good players. I think it's their defense which is a little bit of a, of a wobbly issue at the moment. But or you know, yeah, it could just be a case. I mean, they are missing a few key players as well, Aston Villa. But but yeah, I think it'll be KJ. I think we won now. Um, all right. Anyway, that concludes our uh, preview for this weekend's games. I mean, there's lots more happening around the world of football. Uh, you know, lots of other games. The Classicer is happening this weekend as well. Borussia Dortmund against Bayern, which would have been a big deal a, lot, a while ago. But I mean, Bayern just look on a different level at this point. I think it's 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 difficult uh, to even make a case for any other team in the Bundesliga at this point. Uh, but that one will be an interesting one to watch as well. But we will be here with the match reactions for uh, the uh, the the Arsenal game, the Tottenham game, and the uh, the uh, Manchester Manchester City Liverpool game as well. So please. Uh, keep a well look out for that as well as I said like and share this video if you enjoyed our analysis and our predictions uh, and before we go though we uh, Ayush and Jian a very quick question for both of you uh, Ayush if you were to pick three players for your fantasy Premier League team which would be your three players for the for the fantasy Premier League team this weekend must have must picks must picks are Keane Harry Kane oh. and uh, I have gone with uh, Aubameyang okay. and uh, and other Kevin De Bruyne Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, yeah. Um, Jihan, who would be your three picks? Warner, because of his stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with him. De Bruyne. And um, goalkeepers actually do matter a lot. Uh, Mendy seems to be keeping a lot of patience. But uh, I didn't want to mention Mendy because I'm mentioning two <laughs> out of three Chelsea players here. Um, but... Uh, yeah, goalkeepers do get you a lot of points. Yeah. Constant clean sheets are going to get you points. So, yeah. Mendy. Yeah, you want to pick a goalkeeper that has a good chance for getting clean sheet. I mean, the golden rule obviously is not to pick players from your own team. That's my rule. But, I mean, I never won a fantasy Premier League competition, so what do I know? Um, but those are your picks. If In case you're still building out your fantasy teams, um, those are the picks that that, uh, that you can rely on from Ayush and Jihan. Ayush did get his prediction right for one of the games in, in one of our previous shows before. So, he knows what he's talking about. I think Jihan also got a prediction right. From in one of our previous games, so you know, keep an eye out. You know, these guys they know what they're talking about, so you know, you can rely on them for, for Premier League team picks if you need those. Uh, but yes, I mean, definitely, uh, thank you for that. And smash a like if you enjoyed their predictions, and also subscribe to our channel if you want to get notifications for future uh, prediction updates as well, and also for future Premier League fam- fantasy Premier League team picks if you like that. We are at 112 subscribers, as I mentioned, uh, so it'd be nice to get to 120. Let's see if we can get to 120 by the end of the week. Uh, as you know, Ayush and Jian already subscribed a long time ago. So, you know, I mean, you can, if you like them, you can also <laughs> follow in their footsteps, not just with the predictions of the Fantasy Premier League team, but also our channel subscription um, model there. But that, we thank you for your support. So we'd appreciate it if you could do that. All right. Uh, that concludes our review show for a uh, preview show for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a lot of videos, uh, a lot of match reactions. I think then the first one will be interesting that we do uh, Manchester United against Everton. Uh, how that one goes, I think will be, we'll probably set the tone for the rest of the day. Uh, but we shall see. I think. I think. Yeah. I don't think anything will top that unless unless Sheffield go and beat Chelsea. I don't think uh, anything will top that. But we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, have a good night or a good day, whatever time you're watching this, and uh, enjoy the games. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much, Ayush. Thank you so much, Jihan, for joining me. Really appreciate the insight, the analysis, as always. Um, and we'll hope to have you back again soon uh, in the future. But thank you so much for joining today. Thanks for it. Thanks for having us back. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good night or day. Bye bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. 
we need your help to grow this channel. So if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, drinking buddies, fellow football fans, and anybody else you know or don't know. We really appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We have the links in the description below and spread the word about us. Take care.